you can't really have a media strategy without having a social media strategy as well, because that presence is going to get you heightened visibility with the media that you're trying to connect with. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. You're listening to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt, and I'm here today with Candace Huntley. And Candace is a founding partner at Songbird Marketing Communications, an award-winning agency focused on social media, public relations, branding, and marketing. Candace, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about getting into this. Yeah, I always am excited to discuss social media. Um, I've been geeking out on it for quite a while as well, so we can get into the weeds with some social media stuff. So if you're a business owner out there interested in having a better social media presence and, and interested in communicating better on social media, then you're in the right place today with Candace. Candace, maybe you could start us off with um, your journey in the marketing. What brought you into marketing in the first place? I don't think we have enough time on this podcast episode. Um, I actually come from an entertainment background. So I was a professional singer and actor, and I was doing that for a few years. I did comedy improv for like six years, um, operetta, you name it. I'm a classically trained singer. And then um, I moved to Toronto and I was gigging around the city. I was also teaching high school and bartending because Toronto's an expensive city. So got to have my fingers in everything. Um, and then I went back to school because I figured I was exhausted and that wasn't sustainable. And I went back and I decided PR would be a great place for me. And it ended up PR and marketing. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I have to say, I went back and I got my MBA and I did feel a little bit out of place at first because <laughs> until people were able to utilize my skill set, but I had never used an Excel spreadsheet before I was it was all brand new to me. You know, I, I didn't know you were a singer uh, slash yeah. actress. That's very interesting. That's where Songbird comes from. <laughs> okay, there you go. I never did put two and two together. Okay, it makes a whole lot of sense now. So um, I, I don't know for you because uh, I, I had a band before. I was a front man to that band. And and I that, that kind of was my epiphany to going down this direction of marketing because you're probably pretty good at marketing yourself and you came to that yeah. realization. So why not start a marketing business? Was it that same yeah. kind of a journey for you? Kind of for me, it was also because I also taught high school. So it was kind of and I, I was in the service industry for so long as well. So I was like, what are all the skills that I have based on all three of those things? And how do they all fit together? I like talking to people a lot. I, you know, I like being creative. I like having a good time. So and then also I, I can I can sell myself and book my own gigs and things like that. So that's kind of where it came to to be. Awesome. And how many years have you had Songbird for? Um, so I launched Songbird in 2013 with my puppy in my home office. <laughs> nice, nice. Awesome. It's always good to have uh, somebody to mentor with, right? That's, that's amazing. Cool. All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's dive right into the nuts and bolts of this episode. And um, let's first talk about some of the changes that you've seen in the social media landscape over the last five years. Let's just talk high level. What are some of those big changes that maybe a lot of business owners out there who have not been 
up to snuff on social media may have missed? Um, I mean, some of them are so obvious, though. I would say that, uh, so influencers, that's a big one. Um, I mean, you can't really miss influencers in this world. Now, more recently, everything has shifted towards video as well. That's That's been another really big one. Um, but from a marketing and PR standpoint as well, I would say that, um, and this is kind of twofold, it's, it's media and social media, I guess, but those worlds have really, those worlds have really merged together to use your word, they've merged. <laughs> um, so really pun intended. Kind of, yeah, pun intended. It's shifted the landscape a lot so that a lot of media kind of takes place on social media as well. So the PR world and the social media world have become this massive like gray area. Um, and I would say as well that um, it's been it's been shifting for even longer than five years, but um, storytelling is really kind of at the forefront of everything now. And if you're not doing that, then you're probably not doing social media properly. Um, so that's another really big one. I would say those are three pretty big ones that have kind of happened. Where where are you seeing? Maybe you can give a tangible example of how PR and social media are overlapping now. Um, so really. A lot of a lot of journalists and producers are actually finding their stories on social media. So, you know, they're scrolling through Twitter to find story ideas. They're scrolling through Instagram and Twitter, uh, LinkedIn to find experts to to really talk to. Um, so I would say that. So that's one. Um, and even back when I started in PR in, in 2011, or 2012 with my first agency, because I worked with a union in 2011, but that's a whole other story. Um, so in 2012, I actually met with a lot of, um, of, of pretty big journalists because I didn't have any fear when I first started. So I just reached out to whoever. Um, and even back then, a really prominent journalist told me that brands are going to have to start finding ways to bypass the media. And social media is a big catalyst for that. So it's it's kind of blurred those lines so that you can't really do just a traditional media campaign anymore. You have to have that social element to it so that you're really combining your your efforts to make the best of of the campaign that you're running. Uh, let's hit on. One. Yeah, let's hit on that for a second in terms of uh, actually, you know, let's let's go into this, because I think for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, um, when it comes to crafting a, a marketing campaign, um, it's not really their wheelhouse. They're focused in their jobs, doing their thing. So they take themselves out of that to put on the marketing hat for a second and then start coming up with a social media strategy. What's the best process to initiate or what's the best process to initiate if they're going to start that social media strategy? So I think one of the things that a lot of people forget about is the foundational work about who you are. And this is this is why I think, you know, talking about social, putting the social back in social media is so important because we have to remember that social media, regardless of how you look at it, is all about relationship building. And it's all about telling your story and having other people add to it and, and really embellish your story and add to the conversation and have these incredible moments of dialogue with consumers and, you know, different types of people. Um, so I think that a lot of people forget that you have to do that foundational work to really create that messaging and 
create that brand story and craft who you are as a brand, that personality, all of that stuff that really makes you who you are as a business. So that's where I always say that people need to start. And most people don't actually start there. They just kind of jump into content. And then, you know, before you know it, it usually takes a couple of weeks, but you feel like you're in the weeds because you're spinning your wheels. I think people also, when they go that route, um, what they do is they just throw crap at the wall to see what sticks. And, you know, two months into a Facebook campaign, they still don't know who their audience is. And they're just, you know, and they're they're not happy with the results. And usually they throw their arms up in the air and say, well, look, Facebook's junk and it doesn't work. Um, So if if somebody, if a business owner is is sitting down there with their pen and paper and trying to figure out that first step, uh, what's the first thing they need to do? So create that messaging to figure out who you are and then figure out who your customer is. You're right, that is the next step because you have to figure out who both parties are. You can't date someone before you know who they are. You have to get to know them. Um, but it's always nice to see their dating profile before you before you meet them. So that's kind of what I liken it to. Um, and then the next step would be to start creating a plan for your content um, and then start putting things together. But again, it's not just about the content. It's more, you should focus more on meeting people and those interactions. That's even more important than the content that you put out there. The content can sometimes grab those eyeballs um, and you don't want to be boring on social media. It's your prime opportunity to have a little bit of fun. Um, So it grabs eyeballs, but you really need to focus on how can I build relationships with this content? How can I build relationships with the words that I'm using Um, and all of those different those different things that make relationships amazing? Let's go that route then. And let's talk about uh, social media and the topic of this episode, putting the social back in social media. Mm. And, you know, has social ever really been social for marketers and businesses? I would, I would argue that no, it hasn't been. Um, a lot of people, again, I talk about getting in the weeds. Um, you know, you just feel like things are so weighed down. You feel like, oh, I have to put out, you know, a post on Instagram every day, or I have to put out, you know, three tweets a day. Um, and then you forget that you've put all this effort into putting that content together, but you don't spend even 15 minutes a day doing engagement. You know, so I think that a lot of marketers are too focused on how does my content look? Is it branded well? Um, You know, have I used the right words? I think we're too, marketers are too focused on that rather than how am I talking to my potential customers and the community and am I building loyalty? Am I providing opportunities for entertainment and for connection? Um, So I think that most marketers don't focus enough on social for sure it's almost like they're in a constant battle um in the noisy news feed you know what i mean oh this competitor put up this type of an offer oh i have to beat that i have to come at it better when uh, i think people one of the big things over the last five years i think is people um now need to be cognizant of the amount of noise that is on social media and that you really need to cut through that noise like a knife and you don't do that by throwing up a promotional type of post nobody wants to be sold to the mindset with all capital letters exactly because i mean it's 
it's, it's not thinking of the mindset of that person on Facebook, yeah, right? Like definitely. that person's, it's not Amazon. They're not looking to buy something. They don't want to take time out of their calendar to book a consultation with you. So mm -hmm. it, and, and I think, you know, Candice, you hit on a great point, which is people are so fixated with the perfection of that content. And there's not an emphasis on perfection. I think there's more of an emphasis needs to be put on authenticity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's that buzzword. It makes me cringe, but it does make sense here. <laughs> um, I think that, and, and just bringing it back to influencers too, I feel like influencers have shifted things tremendously in the past couple of years to being a little bit more authentic and genuine. You're seeing people, they're not, they're not editing their photos as much. Um, they're being a little bit more real and posting about their feelings. Sometimes it feels contrived, but really who am I to judge that? Um, but I feel like marketers haven't necessarily followed suit in that. Um, they're still, again, trying to put forward this beautifully curated branded feed where I think we can be a little bit more real. Marketers need to realize that, you know, your customers and your potential customers, the community you're building, they want to see themselves reflected in the content that you're creating. They don't want to see perfection. Nobody, nobody wants to see perfection. We're not perfect. If the past year and a half has proven anything, it's proven that, you know, we can all get by with being just a little bit imperfect and with our flaws, we can wear leggings and sweatpants during the day. And that doesn't mean that we're any less of a person. Um, and I think it just marketers just need to be a little bit more real. And that doesn't mean that you can't post aspirational content because you want people to feel like they want to buy what you're selling. Um, but you also want people to say, hmm, I can see myself driving that car. Or I really want that burger because it looks messy and delicious or, you know, all of those different types of things. If there's one thing I swear by, it's this. To be as effective as you possibly can be, you've got to focus on one thing. Just the one thing. This is why I merged my social media agency with an SEO company so we could become more versatile in the digital marketing space. If you're in the business and you're dealing with multiple contacts for all of your digital assets and taking up a whole ton of your time, that doesn't need to happen. Contact Merged Media and we'll set up a call and see if there's a fit. Or go on over to merged.ca, M-E-R-G-E-D.ca. So what are some opportunities then for marketers and small businesses to make social social again? Two, you know, actual tangible examples of this. Can we get into the weeds with that? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, even with one of our clients, so just to bring it back to the media side of things, um, there's a lot of noise going on there too. There's a lot of marketers that are pitching, pitching via email all the time. As soon as we started a more robust Twitter strategy for them, they started getting media interviews and calls for interviews. So that's, you know, one example where we were interacting with a lot of different media on Twitter. We're putting a little bit more content out there that's more geared towards engagement and showcasing kind of a little bit more knowledge and skill set. And as soon as that happened, as soon as we had that engagement, as soon as we started putting that out there, that's when the calls started coming in. So that's just like a real, that's a real life example of something that's happening right now. Um, you know, in terms of 
other things that people can do that are not media related. I think one of the big things that that gets people is they feel like they have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours on end um, just engaging. So they just don't do it because they're like, I don't have time to do it. So I'm just not going to do it. And this is this is something that I run into a lot with entrepreneurs, especially if you're on your own or if you have a small team. Um, but the one thing that I always say, and it makes a huge difference in the way people approach their social is I like, I say schedule 15, 20, 25 minutes every day, whatever it is that you can, you engage as much as you can, you explore social media, you comment on, on other people's content. Um, you, you discover, you have a little bit of, of fun as your brand. And as soon as that time is over, then you're done, you put it away. You know, so it's more manageable then. Yeah. And don't post and ghost, right? Oh, that drives me crazy. You know, you spend all this time, <laughs> you, you put up a piece of content and then you sign off of Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and put your hands behind your head and say, I'm done for the night and yeah. go to bed. Or you schedule your content for a month and then you don't go oh. in there and check. That's well, that, that's it, right? It's like it's you have platforms like Hootsuite out there and Buffer. You can schedule all your content months in advance, but mm -hmm. you know, to Candace's point, what's the point if you can't create those conversations and be social? And that, I think the big opportunity is if you're going to post something on social, stick around for about, what, 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, see if you get any comments and keep the conversation yeah. going. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it can be a little, it almost sometimes feel a little bit soul crushing because social media can be, it can be a difficult place, especially if there's a lot going on in the world, which there has been. Um, which is why I always like to say limit your time on it as well. If you're having a lot of people are advocating for deleting Facebook and deleting their social media profiles and bragging that they haven't been on social media for a month or they're taking a detox. Marketers can't really do that. We have to be on social media um, and you have to be ready and willing to connect with people whenever and wherever they are. So if one person is doing a social media detox, another person's probably not. And you have to figure out exactly what's going to make them tick, what's going to make them click like on your photo, what's going to make them comment, you know, what are the kinds of things that are going to draw them in? Um, because you need to make sure that you're listening and you're paying attention to what's going on around you. So a lot of, a lot of, um, I mean, time is the big challenge here, right? Having the time to allocate to it, which nobody has. And uh, and you mentioned 15 to 20 minutes a day just to carve out some engagement time with your audience. As important as that is, um, some people just can't prioritize it. So are, do you suggest sourcing VAs or using uh, tools and things like that to maybe automate that engagement? And if so, which tools do you recommend? I don't recommend automating engagement at all. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. I know there's two schools of thoughts on thought on this. Um, I think that I'm all for automating, scheduling your content, putting that together. You know, sometimes you can even hire someone to help you create content. So if, if the creation of the content is a tough one for you, um, you can hire someone to do content blocks for you even, which we do sometimes as well. But um, I think that the engagement part, there's no way that you can be authentic if you're doing something with a bot. There's just no way. Um, not only that, there are a lot of people that create content specifically to to kind of win over the bots. They know that you're using specific hashtags. So you might be liking or 
commenting on something that really is kind of untoward and you don't want to be associated with your brand. So you, there's no way for you to really monitor that if you're fully automating it. Now you can hire, um, I would say an actual person to do it for you, but then you just want to make sure that they understand your brand. Um, if you're bringing them on solely for that purpose, um, that you have clear guidelines in place. And it doesn't take long to put those guidelines in place. I'm not saying that you shouldn't hire someone to help you. Obviously, that's what you and I both do. Um, but and I think that there's a time and a place for that. But um, I think that you also need to make sure that there is a clear strategy in place before you bring someone on to actually help you with that aspect of it. Yeah, I think bots were much more effective and sexier when people didn't know they were bots. Right, but I don't know. You always knew they were bots. Yeah, but yeah, Great we job. did. We could smell a bot from a mile away, yeah. right? But um, when I when I when I, when I speak about bots, I'm talking about specifically many chat and Facebook Messenger, right? Like using yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of a bot sequence. Um, yeah. But now, when people know it's a bot. Um, you know, I, the argument, the debate's out there because people will say, well, it's not authentic, therefore it's not effective. But others will say, you know what, it, it actually is quite effective in terms of getting that customer the answer that they're looking for. Honestly, for customer service, I think that's a little bit different. So, and I think that a lot of, if we're talking messenger bots, I think a lot of them have, be got, have become so sophisticated. And as long as you have someone programming them that knows what they're doing, they can work for customer service because... You have frequently asked questions. There's a lot of things that you can do um, for that. But I'm talking specifically for engagement and liking and commenting on content. Um, that I would not automate. But messenger bots, that's I would that's my gray area. It can got work. it. Got it. I 100% agree with that. And it, it's interesting because you still see them on Instagram all the time. They're hitting my DMs every single day. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. very annoying. And it's the same format as well. You you know, it's uh, somebody trying to pitch something to you. Um, yeah. And it's just not effective. And I find that uh, uh, LinkedIn has become the same thing where it's, yes. you know, LinkedIn has become a graveyard for, you know, a lot of these interactions that we're talking about, because every time that inbox opens up, it's like, okay, great what country are you in? Is this really you? <laughs> exactly. You know? So exactly. it, it, I don't think it's as effective as it once was, you I know? Think, so I, I think LinkedIn though is kind of like, I don't, you know, LinkedIn is, is, I would say is a, as a gray area in itself because it was supposed to be more for business. And I feel like people have changed it. And I feel like the processes from that marketers use have not really adapted properly to what LinkedIn should be. And so everyone's kind of using LinkedIn differently. 100%. frustrating as a marketer. It, it is. There's actually a platform we we just were trying out right now. It's for LinkedIn. And it's um, basically increasing your contact base, increasing your contact. So it's an automation that sets it up. I forget the name of it. Uh, maybe we'll pop it in the show notes here after. Um, Levio or something like that. Anyways, but what it does is basically you go out there and get interact. You get new connections and people that are in your target audience, so CEOs, right. COOs, all that type yeah. stuff, and it automatically does that for you. But it's not pitching. Like it's it's simply like, hey, I want to extend my network. Uh, do you want to connect? Yeah. And it's simply just getting more people into your ecosystem. Um, but in terms of that actual communication, you know total transparency. We've tried it before where we hired a VA to take over my LinkedIn to try to get podcast guests. This is a long time ago. And it just really was not effective at all. And, yeah. um, and keep in mind, I mean, the people that 
I might be trying to get in touch with for the podcast are probably an audience of people that are being spammed by absolutely everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, cool. It's a tough one. I know I have actually, I've gotten a few of those messages about, Hey, I'm looking to expand my networks, but it, it's not from people that I would expect. So it, it doesn't make sense. Again, I think, I think the tools are great as long as you use them properly, because I mean, when it comes down to it, robots haven't taken over yet. They can't think for themselves yet. They're only as good as the humans that are using them. So I think that if we're not using them properly, I don't think they're going to be effective for sure. What are some of the platforms that you're hanging out on right now where you're seeing the most success in, in being social and getting results? Um, honestly, Instagram is, is always going to be my, my first love. I would say, <laughs> I know there's a lot, there's always new platforms coming out. Um, so I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram because I do a lot of work with influencers also. So, um, I tend to hang out there way more than everywhere else. Um, I also love Twitter and I find that I go through waves on Twitter because you have to spend a little bit more time. Um, just engaging and putting out more content on Twitter. But I think that Twitter is a really fun and sarcastic place when you're connected <laughs> with the right people. So I would say those are my two, my two kind of favorite platforms when it comes to social. Awesome. Candace, this has been a slice. Love, love talking social media and uh, definitely a great conversation today. What's the best way our audience can get in touch with you if they have any questions? Um, well, you can visit at songbirdmarketing.com. Um, you know, you can also find me on Instagram. It's just Candace Huntley on Instagram, or you can check me out with, uh, with songbird at songbird underscore buzz. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, but if I don't message you back right away, it's not that I'm ghosting you. It's just that I don't go on there as often as I probably should. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Um, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. You cool with that? Sure. Sure. All right, let's do it. Okay. First one, what's your favorite brand? Uh, Songbird. <laughs> there you go. Why not, right? What's your favorite social social media platform? Instagram. Reels or TikTok? Well, Reels. What's your next travel destination outside of Canada? Who's even thinking about traveling outside of Canada? I want to go to Scotland. That's been on my that's on my bucket list. Ooh, good one. Last question. If you can choose anyone to represent your brand, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a tough question. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Um, I'm just going to go with with a diva that I always I think is so brash and uh, and loud and has an amazing voice. And I've always loved. I'm going to go with Bette Midler. Ooh, I thought you were leading that up to Beyonce, but all right, no. Bette Midler. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Bette Midler. You know, it's between Bette Midler. We can go with Cher as well. Okay. I'm, I'm all for more. Uh, those are my divas. Nice. Love it. Candace, <laughs> this more has of been... a personal brand. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Candace, thank you so much for joining today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Perfect. It was great chatting. Candace Huntley from Songbird Communications, uh, another great episode. I love talking social media. And I think one of the big takeaways from today's episode has got to be the, the simple fact that you need to be cognizant of what that audience is thinking when you're using bots, especially on Instagram for, for whether it's commenting or whether it's even engaging into Instagram DM. Um, you know, you want to be authentic and, you know, 
be yourself, engage, take 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day to go out there and speak to your audience, speak to your community and be yourself because at the end of the day, people like to work with people. Okay, so if you have any questions, reach out to Candace Huntley. Um, she told you her socials. You can check her out there. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing to the Merged Marketing Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you're going over, subscribe, and give us a review. That would mean the world to me. Thanks a lot, everybody. Don't settle for good. Be great. We'll see you soon. <laughs>